Hey guys, welcome to Big Laws Official. Today on Talking Strongman, we have a very, very special guest, Alan Thrall, the owner of Untamed Strength. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And I'm feeling a little bit inadequate right now with this, um, this beard of yours going on. I feel like I'm just not, I'm not able to be competitive at all in this department. <laughs> yours is probably much easier to maintain and to, and to work with in the gym, so... I've Sorry. got the, the bald head, so that makes it easy to maintain anyway. So you're Yeah, really. Yeah, of course. You're not spending money on shampoo. <laughs> Definitely not. Now, how's things though? You good? I'm good, yeah. Do, you know, despite everything going on, I, I'm I'm doing really well, thankfully. Yeah. Have you um because you you do compete in strongman, don't you? You're not just I mean, obviously everyone knows your YouTube page, which is awesome, by the way. I've um I've used your a few a number of your kind of instructional videos for a lot of my clients. So huh. they'll be um they'll be excited to see you on today. But it's a great channel. Uh, but you actually do compete yourself. You've done a number of competitions in various different sports, haven't you? Yeah, I've done uh, uh, strongman, powerlifting. I've done a, a Olympic weightlifting meet, um, and so you know primarily it's strongman. But you know there have been times where I'll just get a, an itch to really simplify training and say, hey, I'm just going to focus on barbell lifts and train for a powerlifting meet. Cool. Uh, but but I got into uh, strongman before I got into uh, powerlifting or anything else like that. Well, take, take me back to the start. Sort of when did, um, when did you realize that the kind of training, the strength training and, and that kind of side of, of, of fitness was, was something you really wanted to pursue? Yeah. So, I mean, with, uh, it's hard to tell the story of me getting into strongman uh, and uh, opening untamed strength without being long winded. Uh, oh, so I assume we got plenty of time. Yeah, I assume you brought me on the podcast to talk. So yeah, if you're definitely. okay with me, you know, storytelling, I will. Um, Please go for it. Yeah, I think a, a good time to talk about, I guess, when I got into strongman would be to, uh, to go back to when I joined the United States Marine Corps. Uh, the, first, the first few months, first several months of uh, being a new Marine, you're inundated with training. It's training, training, training 24-7, no time off. Uh, and when I say training, I mean military training, not gym training. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you go through boot camp for the first few months. You go to School of Infantry for the next few months. No days off. Eventually, in School of Infantry, you do get uh, some time off in the form of weekends off. Okay. And I guess, you know, I have to kind of paint this picture before, you know, explaining all this. But if you were to so, – so new Marines are 18- and 19-year-old boys. Girls too, but I'm, on my side of the country, it was only boys. There were no girls in training. So you got these 18 to 19-year-old boys who have been locked down, doing rigorous training for the past several months. Uh, and every two weeks, they're getting this paycheck that comes in. You know, 1000 bucks, 1200 bucks goes in their account. And they've had no way of spending this money, right? We're not paying apartment rent, mortgage, room and board, no living expenses. We're not paying for food because you're eating at the chow hall. So this money is just kind of adding up uh, after, over these past several months. And when you tell these boys, teenagers, you know, men, but still teenagers, when you tell these boys, hey, you know, you've got the weekend off, they're going to go buck wild and they're going to let loose. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, uh, you know, we'd have the weekends off and everyone would go into town, spend as much money as they can. They'd go uh, uh, spend it on food, booze and liquor, even though they weren't of age. They go get hotel rooms, uh, you know, they get tattoos. Some of them buy new cars yep. and, uh, uh, you know, and I think the, 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 the favorite activity was to go to strip clubs. Okay. And these, <laughs> these Marines would go out, uh, you know, on their time off. And it wasn't uncommon for a Marine to spend a thousand dollars at a strip club, uh, sure. just blow a whole paycheck. A lot of these guys, this is the first paycheck they've received. Marine Corps is the first job they've ever had. So anyways, this is kind of the setting for the whole story of, I wasn't into any of that. Uh, and so I wanted to, I would rather stay back on base and, and save my money. Okay. Right. I didn't want to partake in any of that. And so when I would stay back on base, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do on base, but there was a gym. So I started going back to the gym. And when I first went back to the gym, after not being in a gym for quite a while, uh, it, was, it was nostalgic for me. I felt like I was back home training. But the gym also became... Uh, a, a place of freedom for me. I could go into the gym and, and do whatever I wanted at my own pace. I could go do some did, squats, go do some cleans. Did you train before you were in the Marines? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, okay. I, it was just strictly for uh, football, uh, okay. American football. So I had got into uh, weight training 
in probably middle school, uh, eighth grade. And uh, that was because the high school football coach had, had come to our middle school and encouraged us to weight train. He invited us to the high school to do weight training. And so I was weight training seriously because I was playing American football. And that was really the only reason, you know, it was, I loved playing football and a new lifting weights would make me a better yeah. football player. So I did that. And once I stopped uh, playing football, I didn't really see a point in, in lifting weights. I didn't get much enjoyment out of it. Okay. Uh, but, but now, you know, at my time uh, in the Marine Corps now, now that I'm going back to the gym, it kind of, again, reminded me of home uh, and it was nostalgic for me. And I really enjoyed being back at the gym and I slowly started to, fall in love with being in the gym more so than I ever have in my life. Uh, and, and I would, uh, I would, you know, look forward to training on the weekends. I'd look forward to the weekends so that I can train. Uh, I think a, an important uh, thing to mention also is on base, other than the gym, there was this uh, mini Mart kind of corner store PX. And uh, I would go in there and I'd buy muscle and fitness magazines and I'd read those, uh, you know, on, on my off time. I remember and, those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't have the internet was around, of course, but I didn't have the internet. I didn't have a smartphone. Yeah. So I'd read these mag these magazines. And I remember one muscle and fitness magazine, uh, Derek Poundstone was featured yeah. and he was in there talking about his training, his strongman training. He was talking a little bit about diet and nutrition. Uh, and I was immediately attracted to, to this style of training. I remember another magazine, uh, featured Matt Krojaleski, uh, Matt Kroc. And uh, while he was not a strong man, he was a powerlifter. Yeah. Um, at that time, I didn't know, you know, for all I knew, powerlifting and strongman was the same thing. Uh, but, but Matt in this magazine was doing a lot of strongman-esque training. He was doing deadlifts. He was doing lunges with this log on his back. He would do, you know, 200-pound one-arm dumbbell rows, croc rows, uh, and, uh, and he would do farmer's carries. And so, so this was my first exposure to reading about strongman training. I had seen it uh, on TV, but I had never, you know, read about it. And both of these guys were talking about how much food they eat in order to get big and strong. And that, that at the time blew my mind because previously all I had known is eat chicken breasts and you try to get a six pack. So <laughs> these guys are talking about how much food they were eating in order to get bigger and stronger. And so I took that as, as gospel. And I, from then on, I made eating and gaining weight a job for me. And so, you know, I just continued training in the gym. I continued eating and I tried to kind of mimic this strongman training that they talk about. Um, and this slowly became uh, my identity in the Marine Corps. You know, my, my friends, you know, in the Marine Corps would say, you know, excuse my language. I say, you know, throw all your boring as fuck. You know, all you want to do is go to the gym on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. You want to go to bed early so that you can wake up in the morning you know, go to the chow hall, eat a big breakfast and have a big training session. That was all I really cared about. Uh, you know, we'd be out in the field uh, eating MREs and, you know, the, all the food that the, the guys would need, they'd say, hey, give it to Thrall, he'll eat it. So again, <laughs> this, was, this was kind of like a new identity for me. Uh, I, I felt like I was a new person and I, I loved it. And I, I, uh, I became obsessed with it. And so I guess if we, we move along the story, you know, after uh, training there, I went to Virginia, and I eventually found myself in uh, Washington, D.C., standing guard, standing post. So I would guard a building in Washington, D.C. for 12-hour shifts, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., night shift, just stand 12 hours, long, long shifts. You had 30 minutes for lunch. That was it. And uh, thankfully, on one block, I was posted with another Marine named Josh Clark. And when you are standing with another person for 12-hour shifts, 10 days straight, in the middle of the night, you get to know them. Sure. Uh, and so we, we would, he liked lifting weights, thankfully. So we, all we did was talk about lifting weights and he became my first training partner. We would, you know, go to the gym together and, uh, he taught me about, uh, you know, told me more about powerlifting and strongman and kind of actually the difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, and he taught me a lot about programming. Uh, again, you know, I'd go train with him in the gym. Uh, Josh Clark actually made an Atlas stone in his barracks room and, uh, left it behind a building. Uh, so <laughs> He would, he would mix a little bit of the, the mix in a bucket in his room. He'd run downstairs and he'd put it in a stone mold. And then he'd go back up and he'd mix some <laughs> and come back down. It was a horribly made that's, stone. It was, yeah, that's some effort to go to, to make a stone. Yeah, it was, it was dusty. Uh, uh, it would sit in wet grass. So it had some mold on, or some moss on the bottom. Uh, but I started uh, trying to do stone loads with Josh. And 
I had seen Atlas stone loads on world's strongest man. But at the time I thought that that, that equipment was reserved for world's strongest man only. I didn't know that you can make your own. So this was kind of a way for me to mimic what those guys were doing. Uh, and so, you know, Josh and I would, would try to pick this stone up and load onto a picnic table. Uh, and as, as stupid as that sounds, picking up a stone, putting it on a picnic table, I loved it. I, yeah. I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, now, fast forward even more, we're getting closer to my story of opening the gym, but I, uh, I eventually went to Camp David. And Camp David is a presidential retreat. And, and while I was there, uh, a common punishment for, you know, our chain of command uh, when, they, when they punished us was we had, to, we had to clean. They'd say, hey, the gym's closed. You're off work, but the gym's closed. You got to stay and clean the barracks, clean your weapons. And so uh, they knew some of us like going to the gym. So they'd say the gym's closed. Also, because it was a presidential retreat, if the president, if we knew the president was coming up there, we had to close the gym, clean it, make sure it was spotless for him. We couldn't use it. Uh, when the president was there with his uh, friends, family, and guests, they would use the gym. So we had to stay away. So the gym was being closed a lot. Well, my roommate and I had found on base behind a building an old tractor tire. And the, I would, it was a big tire. I'd say the tire was 550 to 600 pounds, uh, sure. probably a 250 kilo tire. It's a decent size, you know, for yeah. uh, first time flipping a tire. And we would use this tire as our workouts. We'd say, hey, today's leg day, gym's closed. Let's do 50 tire flips each. And no matter how long it took, he'd do five, I'd do five. He'd do five, I'd do five. And we would just, you know, our legs would be, you know, wobbling at the end of it, trying to flip this tire, you know. Uh, there was also a telephone pole, a segment of a telephone pole. And we would actually, you know, do a fingers finger to, to get it in the vertical position. Steinborn squatted onto our back and, and try to do squats with it. So, so looking back on, you know, initially starting Strongman, uh, this Atlas stone that Josh had, this telephone pole and this tractor tire were the pieces of equipment that I was training with. And it was out of necessity. You know, it wasn't that I got a membership at a well-equipped gym and, you know, used a rogue fitness log or something like sure. that. Yeah. You know, I was using this junk out of necessity and I loved it. Uh, anyways, while I was at camp David, I found out that there were local amateur strongman competitions, which again, blew my mind because I thought that this was only world. <laughs> how, how, um, how long, how, how long ago is it? I mean, how old are you? I don't, I don't even know. How old I'm 31. 31. Okay. So you're a little bit younger yeah. than me. Cause I, I, I remember, when I started, it wasn't like now where you can walk into almost any gym and there's some loadable strongman equipment in the corner. You know, it was literally, I had to make all my own equipment. You're trying to find these weird places, you know, out in the middle of nowhere where certain people did some, you heard like some people did some strongman training. It wasn't popular like it is these days, and you know, with lots and lots of gyms to, to use. So it's quite, it's quite interesting hearing these stories. Because I remember when I started, you know, my, my Atlas Stone platform was just some pallets that you know that that was my my stone platform the stones you couldn't buy stones back then it was literally try you know figure out how to make a mold and then just try and chuck a load of concrete on and see see how it kind of turned out and my first attempt at making an atlas stone was terrible um my, my i was trying to make it in my mum's garden and my neighbor came out he's just looking at me as lawrence what are you doing and i, I was kind of telling him, i i i'm not a real diy person i was kind of he, he he just like looked at me he's like nah that's not gonna work <laughs> and he was right i think the stone lasted a couple of lifts and it, it just broke but um yeah yeah I, I try not to give the uh you know back in my day speech because i'm not i'm not that old but well, it's just it a while it's, now so yeah it, this was probably you know 2009 2010 this yeah. this story i'm telling um and even just in the past five years you know how much Strongman has evolved is, is wild. It, it really has. I mean, I, I, I can sit here and go back in the day because I've been doing yeah. it for so long now. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not like ancient or anything. I still love training. And, I, you know, I just kind of joke about, I think it's the gray that kind of comes out. But <laughs> I've been doing the sport a long time. And just the changes in it have been huge. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the facilities that people have to train in now for Strongman are excellent. Whereas... Yeah. Even like you say, you know, 2010, 2008, 2009, 2010, it was, it was just starting to kind of get that rumble. You know, guys like Derek Poundstone coming on the scenes and, you know, Marius Pudzianowski, obviously, a bit before then. But, you know, we didn't have the, the guys like um, 
Brian Shaw, who sort of really took it up on another level, and then Thor Bjornsson, Eddie Hall, these kind of guys that really got some recognition for the sport. It was still very, very niche back then. Yeah, and I can, I can really appreciate it. I've appreciated how far it's come. But I just look back on, you know, my first couple of competitions. I signed up for these competitions, some of them not knowing what the events were. Uh, and then some of the other event uh, competitions on the entry form, when you'd have to mail in your entry form, you know, the, uh, I didn't know what the events were, it, you know, I'm trying to, what the, what the hell's a Husafel, Husafel <laughs> stone? You know, what in the world is that? And, uh, so I would show up to these competitions, not knowing how to do this stuff. Um, and, and it was a way to, to network and meet other people. And that's how I found my first strongman gym that I trained at was going to these competitions and seeing that, wow, there's all these other guys who like doing this stuff. You know, hey, I'm in this area. Where's there, where's there a gym? Uh, and I found actually a park where there was a group of guys who'd bring out strongman stuff on the weekends. And I found a gym. Uh, and I, so I started training there. Uh, but I think that, you know, being a bit naive uh, or I guess unprepared was kind of the enjoyment of it. You know, I'm sure, you know, I'm uh, preaching to the choir here, but I'm sure that you've done so much log press, so many Atlas stone loads, so much this, so much that, that you know exactly what you're capable of. And so you're going into competition hoping that you live up to that or surpass it. But when you go to a strongman competition, having never done it before, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because you're like, I'm just going to give it a go and I'm going to try my best. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm spending hours and hours in the gym trying to get stronger. Let me go see how this transfers over. Let me go see how athletic I think I am you know, when I try this. And so to almost not have any sort of standard uh, is really, really fun. And you know, there's, there's, I host competitions um, at Untamed Strength and, uh, uh, and you know, not just at Untamed Strength, but around, around the area. And some of these new guys who are, you know, signing up for the, the novice class will send me emails like, I know. Uh, you, uh, what brand log are we using and stuff like that. I'm like, get over it. Come on, man. Don't worry about that. You know, just wanting to know all the small details, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's silly. You know? I had so this conversation like just, with, with JF Caron and him and I are very, very similar age, both been doing it a long time. And, you know, he, he runs a lot of competitions as well. And it drives him nuts when he gets these messages from people asking all the small details. Because like you say, when you, especially when you're starting out, I mean, I've, I've, and I say this even now, I've been to World's Strongest Man without knowing all the events will change when you get there. You know, I've, been, I've done Champions League competitions without knowing the events at all. And it's, it's like you say, if, you, if you're strong and you're well prepared, you, you'll be fine. Obviously, we don't want world's strongest man to be like that we want people to know the events and train for them but when you're starting out and it's you're you're a complete novice and you're just there to have fun and learn and, and get some experience just get stuck in and have some fun don't overthink too much that's why one of the reasons i love some of your videos you know you see the the comments people people always want perfectly calibrated weights or, or like the perfect bar in strongman you'll be lifting in a car park that's slanting down sideways or on a trying to squat an axle or something like that you know, it's, um, I've done World's Strongest Man on an axle that the flooring was not level at all. It was certainly slightly one way. Uh, we had an earthquake, uh, an earthquake, you know, <laughs> go on while we were. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, um, and in some ways, I love that about Strongman because then you get the powerlifting side of things where everything is regimented. It's the same equipment. And that's, that's great. But I like that variety in Strongman where you can, you can almost have the same event, but in a different contest with different equipment, it, it feels completely different and you've got to be able to adapt very, very quickly. Yeah. And I, th I think I'm kind of torn between, uh, you know, being a fan, I think for the, the spectator or the fan in me, I like uh, having the competitors not know what the events are going to be uh, as a competitor, not so much. And I'm only competing at local levels, but I, like, I, I understand what Jeff Capes was saying in, in uh, uh, the interview with you saying that, you know, he doesn't think they should know events beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you watch Brian's recent videos, he expresses his frustration with World's Strongest Man for not giving them more details on the events this year. And I understand where Brian's coming from, uh, especially because, you know, competitions, maybe, you know, World's Strongest Man, but especially Giants Live and things like that are such heavy competitions. Yeah. You need to be prepared. And if you have yoke walk and Brian's out here doing a bunch of runs with 800 pounds, trying to work on his speed. And then they say, okay, you're doing a 10 meter yoke walk with 1100 pounds. And he's thinking, I haven't even touched near that in sure. a year. It's just a, it's a, a not a, a recipe for disaster. Uh, so I think that, you know, 
giving them some more so that they can adequately train for this event yeah. because nobody as nobody wants to see, you know, these guys get injured on the second event. You know what I mean? No. Um, so let them, let them prepare, let them know, uh, you know, at least what the event's going to look like. I, I, I totally agree. And I, I, I'm a very, so I've got similar thoughts in that when I'm competing, I like to know the events, but what, as a fan, I quite like the idea of, I, I, I actually, I sort of put this to a few people. I'd like to see not, not world strongest man. I think world strongest man, that's your, your world championship. If you like, that's the pinnacle. I think for those type of events, we need to, to know the events. The guys need time to train because there you want the best performances. But I think as a separate competition, it would be good to have one where there's like 20 events in a hat and we pick out six and nobody knows what they're going to be until they get there. Just a little bit lighter, bring the weights down so it's not got that danger factor of trying to do, you know, a 1,200-pound yoke or something like that because those are things you really need to prepare for. But most pro strongmen, they're going to be fine with an 800 to 1,000-pound yoke, you know. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. it's something they're used to doing on a regular basis. Um, so you bring those numbers into a, a little bit of a safer region and then, you know, just on the day, maybe you'll have a truck pull. Maybe it'll be a natural stone lift rather than atlas stone lift. Just you know, six different events just to keep it exciting rather than seeing the same things all the time. Yeah. I, th I think they've done better in recent uh, competitions. I think, you know, doing the, including the anvil and the, uh, and the loading medley or the, the, the rogue made those double, you had to do the double hand dumbbell press. Yeah. Uh, just odd things that you're probably not doing in your own training that they throw into a medley. I think, so I think that that's, that's cool. What I really liked in the older competitions, I, I actually made a, uh, a recent video with a whole bunch of clips of old strongman competitions. And I really like the, the regional events, you know, like the, like the Africa stone yeah. uh, or, you know, you know, I forget the locations, but they had to do a truck pull full of, you know, sugar cane yeah. uh, because yeah. that was native to the country you guys were in. And then uh, the Viking press with the coconuts and stuff like that. I think, yeah. I think that stuff is, is, is fun. So. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I like, I, that was when I was a fan, probably the 90s. That was when I was really watching the most strong man, I think, as a, as a younger, how, what I, yeah, teenager. <laughs> what I think now. But, um, yeah, I do remember watching those, those competitions, watching guys like Magnus Samuelson, um, Magnus Ver Magnusson, Herrick Badenhorst, and they're, they're competing in all these different luxury locations. But you had a slight twist to, to the events, to, depending on where they were in the world. And it, it did make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I saw your I, I saw your video recently with you c comparing yourself to the guys. Was it from '95? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I could have won World Strongest Man in 1995, and it was <laughs> it was actually a joke because someone you know someone at the the guys with the gym were talking about they were you know looking at seeing clips or whatnot on Instagram of old strongman competitions and kind of like teasing how much weight they were using, saying they weren't using a whole lot of weight. Yeah. And you know, I'm kind of rolling my eyes like, hey, you know. <laughs> that was the time and you know anyways yeah it has come along it has those, come a long way those guys didn't have the luxury of training with kit all the time yeah. and you yeah. know the technique that we know now and, and the improvements it was literally like you say like the novice guys just going into a competition without knowing you know, lifting a log without having if you go walk back and watch those videos the technique yeah. you see on some of the lifting is atrocious yeah the log was kind of like a, a strong power curl uh and, and in fact i i recently i love watching those world's strongest man uh competitions even if i've seen them a bunch of times and i was watching one uh i think it was 2003 and uh they had to do a log medley they similar to what they're gonna have to do this year four logs and uh one thing that caught my eye was all the logs were laying flat on the ground yeah so they can't you can't get your feet under it and get it, you have to bend you know real far forward to pick this thing up and i thought Man, you don't see that nowadays. It's usually propped up on on crash pads or whatnot. We're, we're quite spoiled now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems it's moved into uh, much more of a sport now. Uh, you know, I would say maybe the '90s, definitely the '80s. It was just more of a a show. You know, yeah. hey, let's let's grab all these different guys from different strength sports or whatnot and uh, put them in this competition, this contest, and see how they do. But now, you know, there there are plenty of guys who who make a living and some make a really good living off of strongman. So, so yeah, it, it should be more standardized because of that. Yeah. It's, it, it, the, 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 you, we've really seen the improvements over the last few years. It still needs to get better. I mean, I can tell you like from experience competing at some of these top shows, things need to improve, but there have been improvements. That's it. And that's, you know, you've got to be fair and, and, and say that because if I go back to when I started and think of what it was like then, 
some of the new guys would just be shocked. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Even even talking with a couple of uh, untamed strength members who were at nationals this past weekend, uh, um, you know, again, like most competitions, just not having any much of anything to warm up on, mm -hmm. uh, getting a little bit of time to use some of the implements, uh, and then you know, uh, hopping to contest weight. Uh, and it's, it's tough. It's frustrating. I know it is too, from competing myself. Uh, but I can't imagine, you know, uh, I have a lot, I have a log and untamed strength. That's an old, old log. Uh, it weighs 230 pounds, 105 kilos without any weight in it. Uh, and so I imagine you, you know, you competed in plenty of competitions where you didn't have anything to warm up on, you know, yeah. yeah, you probably didn't have your, your, your band kits and whatnot. I don't know what the hell you guys used, but back then it was literally, there's a funny, um, I think, I think there's a YouTube video actually comparing like a, a warm up of a strong man and a power lifter and the, <laughs> the power lifters kind of going through how he foam rolls and, you know, does mobility and, you know, glute activation stuff before training. And then it says like to this goes to the strong man, how, how do you warm up for a truck pull? And the strong man goes, I walk to the truck. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and that, yeah, especially back then, that was it. It yeah. was like, you just, yeah, hold this. I'll just go and do this and then <laughs> back out. But um, yeah. the, since Rogue have got involved, there's a lot better warm-up facilities now at World's mm. Strongest Man. I think Rogue are doing a good job, particularly like at the Arnold's where they brought the, the Wheel of Pain. I thought that was an incredible event, really cool, not something that people can really train on. Right. And it's it, it just... I, I think we need a few more really impressive looking events like that. Yeah. Once. And I, I think that if rogue wants strongman to do better and rogue wants, and I'm just naming a, a company, but if, and if rogue wants uh, strongman to pull 500 kilos, 502 kilos, 503 kilos, they've got to prepare their athletes and give them, you sure. know, the best opportunity to do so. Because honestly, the better strongman does, the better rogue fitness does, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, so yeah, it's, it's in their favor to, to equip everyone in these competitions. Definitely. Anyway, I've taken you off track on your, your story of um, untamed strength. So. We'll yeah. Back. So, I mean, that was the, that was the, I'd say the story of how I got into strongman. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that, uh, so after, you know, after I started competing in these shows uh, and, and training uh, and just, again, being obsessed with that lifestyle, uh, in this in this period of time that I'm telling you about, I went from 165 pounds body weight to 255 pounds body weight. Uh, it's 90 pounds. It's 40 kilos cookies. of body weight gain. So yeah, so I was uh, again. I felt like I was a new man, and yeah. and this was kind of my new identity. And all I cared about was lifting weights and whatnot. And I I had the opportunity uh, while I was at Camp David. I went to a a training course where a bunch of other Marines from different companies came together to do the training course. And I met the leader or the guide of the Marine Corps body bearers. The body bearers are Marines who conduct funerals at Arlington Cemetery. They're the casket bearers for uh, fallen Marines. Yeah. And uh, he approached me. So, so these Marines, Marine Corps body bearers, are some of the biggest, strongest Marines in the Marine Corps. He approached me and he said, do you know who the body bearers are? And I said, yes. And he said, do you think you could pass an initial strength test? So I asked him what the strength test was. He told me, I said, yeah, I could pass that. And so he said, uh, meet me down at the gym on our lunch break and you'll do the test. Uh, and I, I passed and he said, he, he said, do you want to be a body bear? And I did. So I was sent from Camp David to finish out my contract as a Marine Corps body bear. So my job was to eat, train, practice funerals and conduct funerals all day. Um, and I, I did that for the rest of my contract. And so I knew that my time was approaching in the Marine Corps to make the decision of what am I going to do now? Am I going to re-up and do another four years in the Marine Corps or am I going to get out and do something? Yeah. Uh, and I knew without hesitation that I wanted to get out of the Marine Corps. Sure. And uh, so the question became, what am, I going to, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back home and just start from scratch? Uh, you know, about it made, my, made up my mind that I wanted to start my own strongman gym. And so I did that as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps. And thankfully, you know, we, we can talk more about, you know, starting the gym and whatnot, but I, thankfully those, uh, those several years, as well as years before the Marine Corps of, uh, you know, quote, thrall being boring as fuck, uh, I was able to save quite a bit of money and, and that definitely helped with starting the gym. So, so I did that when I got out of the Marine Corps. I was going to say, I mean, there's not many successful gyms that just focus on strongman as heavily as, as yours does. 
you know, most gyms have a little section for strongman, but you, you, you're almost so, I mean, I know you have lots of different athletes there, but you're almost like a, a solely focused strongman gym. You're not like a bodybuilding gym or a CrossFit gym as much, are you? Right. So I think that, so that I would say that the biggest mistake that I made at first, I wanted to start a strongman gym, but I didn't think many people would join. Yeah. And so at first I, you know, for the first year, at least I tried to just cater to everyone, you know, cause I, I wanted everyone to come. So I would say even my business card, you know, old business cards, it's a powerlifting gym. It's a strongman gym. It's a Olympic weightlifting gym, athletic training, boot camp, whatever it is, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, but the truth was, the yeah, exactly. But the, the truth is it was really none of those things other than a pretty good strongman gym because yeah. you know, strongman equipment, you can find tires, you can make stones, you can make sandbags. Uh, you know, you can make a lot of this equipment or acquire it. Uh, and so I had a lot of that stuff, but I didn't have all the other stuff to make this a, a great gym. Uh, and I think it, it confused a lot of people because when you try to cater to everyone, you just get a whole bunch of random people in the gym and nothing really sticks. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, said to me, uh, you know, I was just, I was thinking, I was uh, telling her, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I've done everything, all forms of marketing that I know I'm supposed to do. I don't know what, where to go from here. How do I get more members? You know, yeah. how do I get any members really? Uh, and she said, I, at the time I was still competing in competitions and she said, why don't you just host one of those competitions that you compete in? And initially I thought, what, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, but you know, with some convincing, I, I did. And after I hosted my first strongman competition there and saw the response that it got, and a lot of people were coming in and saying, man, I, I live right down the street. I had no idea this thing was here. And I'm like, I've been here for a year and a half, man. You, have, no you didn't know it was here, you know? And so at that point, I really, I said, you know what, forget this. I'm, I'm going to cater to strongman and I want to be a strongman gym. And I couldn't say much, many good things about my gym when I first started, but I could say that it was sac the gyms in Sacramento. I could say that it was Sacramento's only strongman gym. Yeah. Uh, and I remember on my website, I, I even, you know, I even said, you know, this is a gym for strongman, you know, with strongman equipment. We're not, I said something like, uh, we're not a CrossFit gym with a couple hundred pound stones in the corner or something like that. Uh, yeah. and so, uh, so that started getting, you know, more and more, uh, strongman started showing up. Um, and then eventually, you know, as the strongman community grew at untamed strength and I started to gain a little traction, uh, once I got, you know, started getting a little bit of money, I was able to, to buy things that powerlifters care about. I was able to buy nicer power bars. I was able to replace the squat, the junk squat racks I had with decent squat racks. Yeah. Uh, and that started to attract some more powerlifters. Um, and so I will say that untamed strength is a strongman gym, but we've got everything a powerlifter would need now as well. So I call it, you know, a strongman and powerlifting gym. Yeah. Uh, but primarily, yeah, I try to, I try to just kind of cater to, to strongman athletes. How many, how many members does the gym have? Like, is it right now about 275. Cool. For, for strongman yeah. gym, that's, that's, I mean, you know, if we're talking purely strongman gym, I know you said you've got some powerlifters, but that's an excellent number to have. I yeah. know a lot of yeah. places, if they solely focused on strongman, they'd have 10 members. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it, it was like that for a long time. I think that, you know, looking back on my records, I actually had to figure this out for uh, a question for, for helping out some guy. And uh, at, I got my 10th member, 10th member to sign up at untamed strength when I was open for six months. Wow. Uh, I got <laughs> six months. I, I finally got 10 members. Uh, and I don't think I got to 20 until after a year. Um, so it's, it was, it was very, very slow. Um, but yeah, I think that for being a, you know, I like the, the tighter, you know, community atmosphere uh, yeah. of untamed strength. You know, I don't, if someone was to say, Hey, I can bring you 300 more members this week. I would, it would just be a, an absolute shit show. It'd be way too chaotic. It'd be like, it'd be like a, a 24 hour fitness. Yeah. It seems like you've, got, stuff. It's just you've got a proper community there and it's right. you know, people that are really into the sport, into what you kind of promote. Did you, you, you know, you, I mean, as your YouTube page, was that started to try and help the gym or was that something you were doing, you know, separately? That was, that was for the gym, strictly for the gym. Um, I actually, so I, I used to record some videos of me training in the gym uh, and I post them on YouTube just for whatever reason, nobody would watch them because nobody knew, 
what this gym was. And I'd post some highlights of members of the gym. Uh, but it, it wasn't until, uh, so, so, uh, back in the day I would, uh, I just ran out of ideas when I was trying to figure out how to get untamed strength going, how to get moving in, in the right direction and keep moving. And so what I would do every morning is write down three things that I'm going to do today to better untamed strength or any could. And there were times where I sit there for an hour and just, I couldn't think of three things, you know, cause I, I had done so many things, but even if it was, I'm going to go to uh, my old high school and talk to the football coach. I tell him there's a gym, whatever. I would just write something down. Uh, and I remember at, at one point uh, I had wrote down, I'm going to uh, make an instructional video because I didn't have members to train. I didn't have very many members to train. So I thought, what if I make an instructional video about how to squat or how to deadlift? Yeah. Uh, and I put it on YouTube and maybe someone in the area will see the video and come to the gym. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't for monetization reasons. I didn't, uh, I had, you know, uh, probably two years into YouTube channel without being monetized. I didn't know you could do that. So it wasn't a, Hey, I'm going to make a YouTube channel. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a million subscribers and make a bunch of money. Uh, it was, you know, I'm going to make this video, this instructional video, uh, and I'll post it on YouTube just because I felt like I was doing something productive. And so I posted it, how to squat, how to bench press, how to deadlift and how to overhead press video. And those, those really took off. Yeah. Uh, the how to squat video really truly went viral and kind of blew up overnight. Um, and then from there, it was just slow and steady, you know, since 2013, making, making YouTube videos. Um, so yeah, that's how it started out. It's grown nicely now. It's a good, good size yeah. page you got. It's, it's very good. I think you you got over seven hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. Yeah, something like that. Closing in on that million next. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's, awesome. It, it is, and just for, from doing something that you just you know you love training, and and you've you've built a a, a really awesome community around you you know untamed strength. It's it's awesome to see, and your your videos are really really good. Like I said, I've used a lot of them for my clients if if they're not sure on how to do certain lifts. You know, I keep getting told I need to do some instructional videos, but it's, it's another thing on the list of things to do. So yeah. I can yeah. look through the internet. I was like, who's got the best one? So I've, I've used a number of yours. So <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. They're, they're very, very good. And, and not just, you know, you look at a lot of YouTube videos, some of them are very boring. You see people, there's no personality and it's just like, this is how to squat. This is how to deadlift. And it's, it just, it's a bit boring, whereas yours are quite cool to watch. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's certainly eye catch, especially with the, the, the look that you've got going on there. Yeah. I think that does help. You know, who the heck's this long haired, long bearded <laughs> guy. I think you that sit down help. and listen to him. He's actually, okay. He knows what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, I've watched a number of your, your videos, not all of them, I, I've got to admit, but I've watched it a lot and I know you've got, I want to ask you about your training philosophies because mm -hmm. you know, it's a, a lot of the time when I've got people on, I ignore the actual train. I like to get the story of the people, but so many people keep asking about training advice and stuff like that. And obviously you're very good at that. And I, I've, you know, I've watched a few videos and I've realized, okay, this guy's, he knows what he's talking about. Um, and one of the things I always get, cause people will see the, the typical kind of bodybuilding split of training and doing like a, a legs day and an arms day or, or a chest day, a shoulders day. And when you're, when you're training for specific goals, like strength goals, you don't really think of your days split up like that, do you? You, you, you sort of, I mean, for, for, for me, I try and when I'm, when I'm coaching people, I try and focus on the basics, getting the basics right. So for, for a strong man, you've got to be able to, I, I believe to be a good strong man, you've got to be able to squat, although some people avoid the squat. Deadlift is a must in strong man. You, you just picking weights up from the floor up to a standing position is just ev almost every single event that you do in strongman is bending over and picking something up. So deadlift is kind of staple. Um, overhead pressing is, you know, genuinely very, very important. Uh, I do work on benching with certain clients, not, not every single one, but you know, once you kind of cover those basics then, and you get those really, really good, then it's quite easy to then, you know, extend to how to pick up an Atlas stone, how to, press a log or an axle or a dumbbell or whatever it might be. And so I try and just focus on getting the basics as good as possible. And then everything is, is split around that. So rather than, you know, like a back day, for instance, you have a deadlift day and then assistance movements around that movement. Same with legs. So it's not like a, a bodybuilding leg day. It's a squat day with assistance movements to, to build that. 
and you know same with the pressing movements and I, i've seen a few of your videos where you, you you do the same kind of thing yeah yeah i'd say my training approach has changed so much uh in you know the past 10 years uh and uh you know based on you know just rolling with what you were saying uh, i think that when i met josh clark the that marine in washington dc uh, you know, I was doing more of a bodybuilding type split of a, like, a, like you said, legs day, back day. And so he said, Hey, you know, stop focusing on muscles. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this is just what he said, you know, stop focusing on muscles, start focusing on movements. Mm -hmm. And so you've got, you know, your, your squat day, your deadlift day, your overhead press day, your events day. Um, and so, you know, at that point that kind of, uh, changed my whole approach to training. And I thought, yeah, you know, whatever I'm doing, I want it to increase my squat or I want it to increase my deadlift. And that's why I was doing it. Um, and so, so that kind of, you know, uh, was my first, um, I would say introduction to powerlifting or, or strength training type training. Sure. Um, and I think that when I started on Tame Strength, I didn't know, I didn't know very much. I, I only knew what I knew. And I thought that I, I kind of thought that I knew everything, you know, uh, because in my little bubble, it worked for me. And I didn't have any, I didn't have much experience training anyone. I just opened a gym and I, I was going to learn from there. It's, it's quite a common thing. I'm, you know, I can look back at myself 10 years ago thinking I knew loads back then. And I look back now, I think you knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But, and I'll probably look back in another 10 years and, you know, th philosophies change and, you know, training methods and, you know, you're, yeah. you're always trying to learn and, and progress and figure out and be, being open-minded, I think is important when you're yeah. training or coaching and, understanding that what you do might not work for someone else it's is that's sometimes people see things and they take it as gospel that you have to do it that way and it's just not true when you look at you take the top 10 deadlifters in the world for instance they all do things slightly different you know there's a lot of basics and fundamentals that have done the same but then you you watch them you know really analyze them they'll all be slightly different whether it's just a slightly different stance position you know different back position it, it does body shape matters and you know leverage matters and people sometimes don't appreciate that they'll see like eddie hall deadlift and think i've got a deadlift like eddie hall mm -hmm. and then suddenly they'll they, they realize that well they don't have that kind of brute quad power of eddie hall who can blast weight off the floor so they need a higher hip position and it's mm -hmm. it's understanding that we're, we're all individual and and learning the most effective way for for your physique sometimes yeah i think that a trap that i fell into uh was uh just trying to find the the right way to train and you know i actually i would say i actually was uh, certified as a starting strength coach and i don't know if you know much about starting strength or mark ripito or whatnot but uh, very you know they have a model sure. starting strength is what they teach yeah and i i kind of you know was of the uh, thinking that this is the way this starting strength is the way and i fell into that to say that this is the only way to do it but i think that as i've uh, over the years i've uh, I think that it's helped me to be more open-minded and realize there's actually a lot that I don't know. And there's a lot of ways to do things. Yeah. And I think that to say, well, what works, you know, if I was to answer that question, I think that first and foremost, if you're coaching someone, what works is what the client or athlete is going to adhere to. Uh, and, you know, uh, so you really have to talk to them, you know, yeah. I could, and it's no different than, uh, than uh, you know, a diet. If I was to say, Hey, laws, you're going to eat, uh, boiled chicken breast, no seasoning and white rice three times a day for the next, you know, six months, you'd say, you know, get lost. No, thanks. Uh, so even if I thought that that was optimal, that was going to get you the best results, but you're not that, willing to do that, it. That, that will get results if you can stick to it. Right. But it's yeah. not necessarily going to keep you interested. It's not going to keep mm -hmm. you kind of being, you know, looking forward to that next meal or, and yeah. like you say, with the training, it's the same. If you're doing something again and again that you just hate, then eventually you're just going to say, sod this. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. And I, I, think, um, I think a lot of people have lost that enjoyment aspect of training sometimes. There's, yeah. uh, I, I think that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even like myself, sometimes when I've taken things too seriously, I've lost the enjoyment. And then I'm not, I've not been as good in competitions. I've always done my best when I've just been having fun and enjoying it. That's not to say I'm not training hard, okay? Let's, right. let's, let's understand that. You know, I can be very happy in training very, very hard. But sometimes you can, the win becomes everything. And then you, you stop going, like, like we said earlier about how it was just fun to start. And, and sometimes you've got to get back to that. And I, I've been in that 
pool right now where I'm just sort of enjoying training again. And I'm suddenly thinking, oh, maybe I do want to compete again. And, it's, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not thinking too much about it, but I think I probably will do a competition, but just keep it for fun. And when I say fun, I'm still going to go to that competition when it finally happens. And I'll, I'll want to win because that's my yeah. natural competitiveness coming out of me. But I, 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 know, I see so many people now, even doing novice comps that don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're putting too much pressure on themselves. They're worrying about every single event and they, they should be just enjoying this it, for, for the 99.9% of us. This is a hobby. Yeah. You know, you might one day climb up that ladder and be a, a pro and, you know, go on to be one of the best athletes in the world. And that's brilliant. Have those aspirations because no, there's no reason to stop you, but try and enjoy the ride. And that's what I'm, I've been trying to get across to a lot of clients that I have and, and other people that ask me questions because the amount of people that I had recently coming up to me been training six months and they're like you can just see they're not enjoying it oh yeah it's it's fun enjoy it we're just lifting stuff up and putting it back down that's all we're doing yeah i I think that there's a uh a kind of a spectrum of you know on one side enjoying training and on another side you know being optimal and it's it depends on the client if you had a client come to you uh or a client come to me you know that uh they just had general goals of, I want to get bigger. I want to get stronger. I want to enjoy training. I feel like I've lost that. Help me out. That's kind of a broad goal. And those are the easiest to, to, yeah. to program for. But someone with a very specific goal of, I want to win worlds, or I want to win this national competition. At that point, as a coach, you know, okay, well, here are the things that you need to do. Uh, and we need to worry less about what you want to do. Yeah. This is what you need to do. And so, so I think that, you know, from the looks of it, just looking at your Instagram, it looks like you're, you're dealing with a lot of, you're working with a lot of uh, really strong guys who are very I, competitive. And I so at that point from, from complete beginners or not complete, but beginners to international level athletes. Okay. And I, I do, when they sign up with me, it's, it's literally, we kind of go into these boxes of, okay, they just want to generally improve and everything. And they want to enjoy life and they just want to get a bit better or they want to be, you know, for, for instance, Andrea Thompson, who's one of the strongest women on the planet. She's not very good. And she'll forgive me for saying this. She's not very good at being focused 100% of the time. She needs to be allowed to sort of go and blow out and, and have some time off and just focus on doing whatever she wants to do. And then she'll come back and she'll be like, right, for this next 12 weeks, this is my goal. And I'm focused. And when you have her in those 12 week blocks, you know, you're going to get 100% out of her but you have to let her have that time off as well. Whereas like, there's other people that just couldn't even afford to have that time off. She's just very, you know, naturally gifted that mm-hmm. she, she can do it. There's other athletes that are competing at a high level, but they've got to stay focused almost 95, you know, 98% of the time. I don't believe anyone's focused hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're never 100% focused on what we're doing, but when you have those goals to focus on, it makes a big difference. I, I'm very goal orientated. So if I have a target, it makes me a lot more focused. Whereas if I don't have a target, I'll come in the gym and be like, what shall I do today? What are you doing? I'll just join in. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You know, whereas, yeah, and that's, yeah, when that's it's, fun. Yeah, it is. And I had a session like that the other day. It was great. I had, you know, loads of fun with it. But like you say, when you get those specific goals and then I, I get these athletes that are, I really want this, but then they don't commit a hundred percent. That's when I get frustrated. Oh yeah. If someone comes up to me and says, they just want to get a bit better. They want to get a bit stronger. They still want to be able to go out on a Saturday night or that's fine. I don't mind that. As long as you're honest, it's when they come and they're like, I want to be the world's strongest man. And then two weeks into a hard training block, they're giving up or they're like whinging or, you know, that's, that's the only time I get frustrated with people or clients because there's very few people out there that when they say they really want something, they commit 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, guys like you've got this, you see guys like Eddie Hall and Thor, you have to give them credit because when they say they want something, they're going to go after it and they're going to do whatever it takes to be the best yeah. they can be. And it's, I'm happy to sit here and I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to go to that level. I'm sort of like 80%. <laughs> yeah. I've got other things that I just enjoy and focus on, but I'm okay with it. And I admit that to myself and I admit it to, to people, but there's a lot of people out there that are still in that deluded area of I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the world's strongest man. And then two weeks into a training program, they're, deviating or, or kind of missing sessions or missing meals or whatever it might be. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's frustrating. And you can only do so much as a coach, you know, you can, 
uh, lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. And if they, you know, you can't beat yourself too, up too much if they're just not willing to do it. Uh, but did, there was a time uh, when I talk, you know, I'm talking about local competitions and, you know, nothing like you were doing, but there was a time where competing was just what I was doing. And uh, so, hey, competition finished up. It was a crap competition. You know, time to find a new one, time to do another, finish that one, time to do another. Because at the, you know, training for a competition was what I did. And just going to the gym was secondary. And it was a point to where I was like, I'm really getting tired of competing because I'm not doing that well. Uh, I'd like to put training as secondary and just going to the gym as my primary focus. And so, you know, just going to the gym and, you know, being productive. I'm not going to the gym and sitting around on my phone. Uh, but just kind of doing whatever I'd like, you know, uh, is, has made uh, going to the gym much more enjoyable. And it's sad to see this year, especially, you know, when, when competition was stripped from a lot of people, they just stopped training, you know, yeah. Oh, you know, I can't compete. What's the point in training? Uh, granted gyms were closing, but yeah. I knew quite a few people who had access to a gym uh, or had access to untamed strength or who had access to their own garage gym. But because they couldn't compete, their competitors first, they just don't train. And it's sad, you know, to see. But, uh, but I know that I would never be in that situation, you know, if I have to train with one sandbag and that's all I had, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to train, you know, so yeah. because I just enjoy training. And I think that that should be first and foremost. But I totally you know, agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I've trained since I was three. Not for strong yeah. obviously, but I've done something since I was three. So I... I I just can't imagine not training. Mm-hmm. I got to train for something, whether it's strongman, CrossFit. You know, I've I did many different sports when I was younger. You know, I just the thought of just sitting around doing nothing scares me. Yeah. Yep. And and I, I I actually, I'm sure you get this as well. I like the social side of the gym, mm-hmm. and that's probably been the worst thing about this year with gyms closing and people not being able to like be in groups and stuff like that as as much as normal. Um, because the gym for me is like my my bar. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't go to the pub and things like that. So my friends are in the gym training and we're just chatting, just messing around. And I like those group sessions where you, you just go and have fun and lift some strongman kit and and just have a fun day. It's always yeah. good. I'm sure you. Yeah, have and a I lot think that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that uh, a lot of that. Some people just don't really enjoy lifting weights, which is fine. Uh, you know, and if it wasn't lifting weights, maybe they like riding their bicycle around town or going to join a, a you know, a cycling team and, and, and riding around, or they like to go on a run or they like to go play soccer or, or go to the park and shoot hoops with the, you know, local guys. Uh, so for me, you know, and for you, it, that, that comes in the form of lifting weights. Sure. Um, so th- I do know plenty of people and friends and family who I'm not going to try to convince them like, you know, you got to go to the gym. I love I it so much. You're going to also, I just, I, I encourage everyone to find something, something active, you know, yeah. and if that, you know, if you want to go play pickup basketball and that's what you do a few times a week, think, that's fine. So I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, just, just finding things that you enjoy. It's funny because I'll see, uh, I don't know if you ever get this, but sometimes you get like negative comments on, on various different things. You certainly do as a, like a pro level strong man. Someone's always got something to say and oh, yeah. you'll get someone saying, Oh, why do you do that? It's not, you know, Blah, blah. they say all sorts of stuff but i tend to ignore it but <laughs> it makes me I, I i kind of laugh that they say it because like you say you know what's wrong with someone going to kick a football around on a field or shoot some hoops or whether it's go to the gym if you enjoy it you know if you don't like it you don't have to come and do it it's yeah. as, as simple as that they just go and do what you like to do it's just social media is very very strange at times or certain yeah. people on social media are very strange but yeah it's wild i've actually stopped you know quite a while ago stopped you know completely uh looking at comments on my youtube videos i don't even look at them uh and uh and and even when you know recently with all the the live streamed uh, world record events uh, the first thing I do is how do I close this chat? Just get this thing <laughs> out of here. It's just the comments are just ridiculous. You know, even wow. the, 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 the comments that people were saying about Trey because he didn't do well on his deadlift. I'm like, get lost. You know, it's just they're ridiculous. So yeah, it's, I'm like, I got to get these comments out of here. These yeah, are ridiculous. And you know, those comments aren't coming from people that are involved in the sport. Uh, right. You know, it's just people just casually watching 
that yeah. they don't understand these guys, what they go through on a daily basis and, you know, the sacrifice that they make. And I mean, I'm, I'm really glad to see Trey's now into World's Strongest Man this year because obviously there was a, a little issue there. Well, not issue. He just, um, he was in as a reserve, but he's now officially in. Which he is, is. Yeah. Okay. It's great to see. I, I, awesome. I, this, this year is going to be very strange up until the last minute. I think World's Strongest Man list is going to keep changing. Yeah. So we'll see. Is what that happens. because people are are just opting out, or is it? I'm sure you discussed this on the Strongman Show. Uh, yeah, I think um, a, a lot of it's to do with yet, a lot of it is going to be to do with travel restrictions from from certain countries. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100 sure on how they're going to run Worlds this year. I want to have a. I'm hoping to have a chat with Colin Bryce and you know just pick his brain and and see if he knows anything. But um, it's, it's, you know, people are saying they shouldn't run World's Strongest Man. I think that's rubbish. I think we need to to keep things going. You know, people said that Europe's was weaker. And yeah, there were certain people that couldn't get there. But you need to keep these shows going, you know, just because yeah. every single athlete can't get there. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame, but it doesn't mean we should cancel the shows. It's, you know, I, I think that's ridiculous to just cancel the shows if we, if we can make it happen, you yeah. know. Absolutely. Do you, do you, uh, uh, compete despite the circumstances, you know, yeah. and um, I know so I 100% the, agree. I know all the guys are keen to get out there. They want to compete. They're, they're tra- training hard. So it's, I mean, have you, do you follow a lot of the top guys? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I'm hoping this year that Brian wins just so we can see the five titles. Yeah. Uh, but he's got I, great I, chance this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I won't be surprised if, uh, Mateus Kielikowski, uh, takes it. Um, but yeah, but I do hope, hope Brian wins. And, and there were uh, some comments on one of Brian's videos. I shouldn't even look at comments saying that, uh, you know, if he wins, you know, uh, this year, he, you know, he didn't really earn it or whatnot because this year was a fluke. And that is uh, complete bullshit because, you know, pe- people as you always know, say something. <laughs> right, right. As you know, first off, this isn't his first title. This is his fifth title. Yeah. And Brian has been to so many competitions and competed for so long that how, how dare you say he didn't earn it? You know, it's just silly. Uh, but, uh, I hope he does just so, just so we can see the the five. I just know how bad Brian wants it. So uh, I'm interested to see what kind of shape he comes in because if he comes in, in, you know, the shape we know he's capable of, Mm -hmm. you go back a couple of years when he was at his, you know, in his prime, let's say he was an unbelievable strong man. And I think if he can bring that kind of shape now with not having so many commitments this year, he's been able to train more, focus on, on the, this show, he's going to be hard to beat, especially with the events. They're, they're great events for him. It's, it's all going to depend on if he can be in that shape. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I should say I, I really appreciate the, the banter between you and Marcus about this stuff uh, <laughs> because I've been watching the shows. And it's, it's true. It feels like a uh, – a sports center for strongman. Uh, and so to hear you guys go back and forth and even the videos you've made about, yeah. you know, can Brian win this year? Uh, can, you know, can Mateus win this year? They're great uh, to get your insight. I, well, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a video on my sort of outsider, if you like my, um, not, not necessarily an outsider, obviously I think, you know, people just see Mateus and Brian as the top two favorites. And I think rightly so. Yeah, that'd be good. When, when you, when you, you, you look at the entries, they, they probably are the, the two favorites. But there's a number of other guys that are, that are still a threat. And I'm, I'm going to do a video on who I think um, could surprise everyone as well. So Yeah, that'd be great. I look forward to it. <laughs> so um, with, your, with your own com- competitions, what's the highest level you've competed at? Just, it's all just local shows. Uh, you know, people have, uh, have <laughs> I think it's people who don't know anything about Strongman. Uh, but they, they assume that I'm some, uh, you know, highly ranked Strongman competitor. And uh, you know, just because they subscribe to the YouTube channel. They're like, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I just compete locally. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't, I can't remember a time when I, I said to myself, uh, I want to be the best. Um, and I'm just being honest. Uh, uh you know, I never said I want to be the best in the world or yeah. I'm going to go to nationals and win. Um, and I think that if you are going to do that, it's not going to be by chance. You really need to make your mind up. And I just really never had that. It was always, you know, uh, me having my own goals of, of, of some things I wanted to do, some numbers I wanted to hit, uh, and then go to competitions and compete against the other guys was really sure. it. Uh, I just, whoever was there on that day, 
I want to do better than them. Uh, yeah. and, and that's really it. Uh, so, so, so that was it. And I've never had, uh, uh, any desire to push towards nationals or whatnot, maybe. Um, but, but yeah, so just locally. Yeah. Have you got any contests lined up or is it just more focused on work right now? Yeah, I wanted to do one this year. didn't happen. Uh, but I like to do California strongest man, which goes every year in March. Okay. Uh, that's always a, a really fun competition on the beach. It should happen. Uh, but, but that's, that's my plan is to do that, uh, competition in March. Awesome. Um, yeah. That was actually, uh, California strongest man was, uh, Martins used to compete in those competitions. Yeah. Uh, and so seeing him there back when he would, when he was a lightweight competing, you know, with the heavyweights, but that was his, his training crew. And so, uh, you know, there's been plenty of world strongest, I'm sorry, California strongest man competitions that I've competed in where he's there helping, you know, uh, uh, part of the, the, he's a cool guy as well. He just, yeah, he's quite yeah. laid back. He, he's, he's very approachable. He's for, mm -hmm. for someone that's so highly, you know, regarded in the sport. He's just a cool guy. <laughs> you yeah. just yeah. have a chat with him. I, I really like him. I think, um, it's a shame he's not doing worlds this year, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, I think he wants to focus on, on getting in shape for the Arnold's next year. Yeah. And that, he, that usually goes about the uh, same time, March, just after isn't it? yeah it's yeah. much yeah end of march time is it's normally then so so what do you think uh personally if brian wins his fifth you think he's just gonna i'm done do you think he's gonna try to go for a sixth to set an all new I, I, number i don't, I don't do you think, think he's he still should. gonna go with the arnold or what i don't know i uh, i know it's just speculation but i'm just yeah, curious what you it, think. It's, it's it's an interesting one i mean I don't really think he's got anything left to prove, but I, I certainly understand why he wants a fifth to equal Marius Pujanowski. Um, But then if you've got the fifth, you're going to want to go and get the sixth, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, first, first thing he has to do is win, is win the fifth. Right, 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 right. It's all, it's all um, you know, fun to talk about, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask him that question, but I feel like I could ask you and you know, you, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a strange one. I mean, Brian's still, I, I think if he doesn't, if he if he's at Worlds this year and doesn't, you know, win or, or place top two, I think he might have to think about packing it up. Yeah. And that's I mean, it's it's hard to say that because there's certain I mean you look at Zadrunas. Zadrunas probably the greatest of all time. Um and you see him compete now. And for me, who you know, when I was getting into the sport, he Zadrunas was in his prime was just unbelievable. And I got to the point where I was beating Zadrunas in comps and I was sad that I was beating him because it wasn't Zadrunas, prime Zadrunas. <laughs> right. Was, you know, he was past his best. And I, I wouldn't want to see Brian in that position where he just kept going for the sake of, you know, I, I can keep going. I've, I've not won World's Strongest Man. I don't have a legacy of four World's Strongest Man titles, you know, three Arnolds, probably one of the absolute greatest strongmen of all time. It's... um. And it, it's interesting when you, like, you see someone like Eddie who just retired on top, it kind of helps their legacy. Right. You know, he's created this, you know, <laughs> wrongly sometimes, but people put him on such a pedestal that he's almost unbeatable. And, right. you know, when, when you're kind of into the sport, you know that's not true when you look at the results that, that happened. But he was, a, he was a great strong man nonetheless. But someone like Brian, you think, you probably, I th I'd rate him along with Zadrunas as the best of all time. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to see him competing and placing fifth and seventh and, you know, slipping down the, the table. So I think he needs to give everything this year to get that win and then retire yeah. on top. That, that's yeah. what I, I would like, like to see. But whether it happens yeah. or not, there's, there's a lot of hungry youngsters out there and they just keep getting better and better and better. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of similar to, you know, when Michael Jordan retired and went and played baseball. Yeah. You know, you, some people were kind of just, he's, it's laughable, you know, it kind of tarnishes your, tarnishes your legacy a bit. And it's actually uh, uh, something you talked about with uh, Anthony and the, the uh, last interview, uh, how fighters want to protect their record. You know, they don't yeah. want all those losses to accumulate. Um, so I understand that because he's done so well, yeah. he set this high expectation that he should keep it. Uh, whereas, you know, some people set their legacy in a different way, like like Mark Felix. Mark Felix. Everyone knows about Mark Felix yeah. because he's at every damn competition <laughs> for, for so long. Yeah. Uh, and same with you know, same with Terry Hollins. Um, yeah. And so I guess it's kind of a different legacy in a sense. So when I see Mark still competing, I'm like, I, I can't really retire, can I? This guy started <laughs> before me. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I, Mark was someone I looked up to when I was getting into the sport. 
just the, the longevity of the man. And I mean, he started late. He started at 37 years old. Yeah. And now he's still competing. I mean, he's going to World's Strongest Man this year. I think he's 54 years old. <laughs> That's and wild. It's, it's impressive to me when I see, you know, uh, 50, 60-year-old guys in the gym still, still working hard and yeah. busting their ass in the gym. Uh, but to see Mark Felix doing that at the very top level yeah. is wild. So. And Nick Best as well. Another, yeah, yeah. like, just looks great for his age. He's competitive. He, he enjoys it. And he, he's got that hunger to still want to keep going and, get, and keep getting better. You just got to respect that in him. Yeah. So good to see. It gives yeah. me hope as well. So you never know. You never know yeah. the comeback might happen. But um, despite, you know, regardless of that, I'm definitely going to come over and train once things are better. I want to come over to Untamed Strength, have a training session together. Um, that would be awesome. Really good. Thank you, Alan, for coming on. Um, I mean, you know, most people watching my channel know who you are, but just for any that don't, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, Instagram or YouTube, Untamed Strength. Um, and then if you're, if you're in the area, in Northern California area, and you want to come check out the gym, the website's trainuntamed.com. Uh, that's it, Strongman Powerlifting Gym. So come check us out. I will definitely make sure I come and check it out. I'm, I'm planning once things are better and traveling is easier. I'm going to go on a little tour traveling to, to different gyms all over. So it's going to be on the list. Awesome. I'll be here and I'll be ready for it. Excellent. Alan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on guys. I hope you've enjoyed that. Please make sure you go and subscribe to Alan's channel if you haven't already. And I'll be back with more talking strongman soon. Take care.